If you want to title our message today, the title of our message is When You Don't Feel Like Praying, Pray. <laughs> when You Don't Feel Like Praying, Pray. That's the title of our message today as we are kicking off a brand new series for the month of October. And it's entitled Being, Building Through Prayer. Um, every uh, year around this time in October, we as a church, we focus all of our energies on prayer. So all month we'll be talking about how to pray and how to pray in a more effective way so that uh, we can move earth through the power of heaven. And so this is a wonderful time to just uh, really open our hearts and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us because I think that it's safe to say that, um, that we are in a time where prayer is more needed, probably more than any time in our history as uh, uh, not only a nation, but uh, in the world. We need God to come in a significant way. And so I want to talk about that subject today of praying, and I want to address um, the issue of uh, not, uh, or, or not just feeling like praying. Um, here's what I do know. Uh, for many believers, I don't need to say to you that you need to pray. Um, all of us know that we need to pray. All of us know that the Bible teaches us to pray, commands us that we should pray. In fact, many times we feel guilty, and I can speak for myself because I don't always pray uh, as I should, and neither do you, and so there's always, uh, we always feel like there's room to improve in our prayer life, and I think most of us would say that if we are approached with that question. So many times we find ourselves in our prayer lives being a little bit inconsistent depending on what's happening. If things are challenging for us, sometimes we find it a little bit easier to pray to God when things are going really bad. Um, we tend to get on our knees and we tend to uh, want to pray because we need God to help. But, but then when things are sort of moving along and progressing okay, and, you know, it's a challenge for us to really to pray with any kind of consistency. So one of the things that I have learned in, oh, well, gosh, almost 28 years of being a believer is that unless prayer is prioritized, we will never do it at the level that we should. Just like anything else, we have to make prayer a top priority. And I think most of us understand that, uh, or we should understand, that prayer is not simply about just getting what we want from God. Many people have marginalized prayer as just that, just something or that we use in order when we want God to, to kind of to, to do what we want him to do, uh, then we pray, we talk to God. But prayer at its core is about relationship. First and foremost, it is about relationship. So the more, the better our relationship is with God, the more we will experience the power of God in our situation. And so with prayer is not this kind of thing. We just kind of come to God when things are going bad or we want God to give us something. Hey, God, give me this, do this for me. And that's it. God wants a relationship with you. Uh, you know, I give an example. I, I think when I think of a relationship uh, who modeled that perfectly outside of Christ uh, was Moses. 
uh, Moses spent uh, quite a lot of time in the presence of God. And the Bible talks about how that, that God never spoke to a man like he spoke to Moses. But if you look at Moses' life and you study his life, you see that Moses had a very deep and profound relationship with God where he was in constant communication with God. Uh, the Bible says David, even though David was a man who was flawed like many of us, uh, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Because David, on the regular, he communicated with God. He sought the Lord with everything that was in him. He constantly was, he was constantly pouring out his heart to God. And so knowing that to be the case, when we look at those two people for an example, we see how God did great and mighty things in their lives. And he did it because there was a relationship of prayer. And so I fast forward to the 20, 21st century. We can clearly see that it is more difficult. It's more challenging to pray now more than ever. And the enemy wants to do nothing more than to keep you busy and keep you preoccupied. Anything that he can do to keep you off your knees, that's what Satan does. Because I believe that the devil understands the power of prayer. I think he understands that more than believers do. And, and, and so as we begin to understand this thing, why Satan works overtime, because prayer isn't easy, right? In, in part because we're battling our own fleshly appetites. But another aspect of it is their spiritual warfare. We read that this morning at the beginning of the service in Revelation chapter 12. There's this war that is going on in the heavenlies. And the only way that the church is really going to change it is we got to get on our knees and pray. We have to pray. We have to prioritize. We have to do it. And it cannot be something that's an option for us. We must remain inspired to pray. It's not an option. We must remain inspired to pray. Why? You say, Pastor, why should we remain inspired to pray? I'm going to give you a couple things as we move into our message this morning. Number one, we should be inspired to pray or stay inspired to pray because the Bible commands us to do it. Philippians chapter 4, 6 says to be anxious for nothing, to be worried about nothing. One of the things that prayer does is it, when we do it on a regular basis, we tend to worry less. But in everything, not some things, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Let your request be made known to God. Uh, do me a favor. Have, uh, have my son Jeremiah to come in, please. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Now, now this, this, you won't catch this unless you really think about it. He says now, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind. So watch this. Peace is linked to our prayer life. Peace is linked to our prayer life. So if someone says, man, I have no peace. The first thing I want to ask you is, how's your prayer life? Can how many know that the, how many know that we're not really designed to carry all that weight and all that worry? That's why the Bible says, don't worry, don't be anxious, because we're not designed to carry all that. So the idea is that as that stuff get on us or try to come upon our lives, then we're to cast it back to God. We're to, we're to cast all our cares to him, cast all our worries to him. And what God gives us in exchange for that is peace. 
So one of the reasons why we got to stay inspired to pray is that we'll walk in peace. And not only that, we're commanded to do it, but we also want to stay inspired to pray because Jesus did it often. Jesus prayed. The Bible says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before day, this is Mark 135, before daylight, he went out, departed to a quiet place. And there he prayed. <laughs> Oftentimes, Jesus would pray. He would just walk away. He would not only would Jesus find those moments in time to pray, but Jesus also was in a spirit of prayer. I'm reminded of you remember when Jesus was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Uh, you know, you know, generally when we are about to pray, sometimes we got to do this big introduction. Oh, Lord God, I come before you now. But interesting enough, when you, when you read, when Jesus, I believe this is in John chapter 12, I believe, when, uh, or John chapter 11, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, uh, right before he did it, he says, Father, I thank you. That's how he started. Father, I thank you. And, and, and what that suggests to me is that Jesus was already in the spirit of prayer. See, one of the reasons why we don't pray the way that we should, because we got an idea. We think prayer is about a particular posture or a particular location. We are to be, listen, prayer is about communicating with God. How many of you know that we need to be in a spirit of prayer all day long? When I'm going through a problem, somebody offends me at work. Uh, if I got an issue, something I'm dealing with, I'm breathing out prayers all day. I'm talking. And so, so when I come in and I say, Father, I thank you, I've already been there all day. It's just a continuation. How many know that you start in prayer and you continue your day in prayer and you just never stop? This is what the Bible means when it says pray without ceasing. It's a, it's a spirit of prayer. Jesus was constantly, if you really think about the effectiveness of his ministry, he was constantly uh, talking to God and, and he had great success. And, and, and you say, well, pastor, he's, he, he, he's God in flesh. Yes, he was, but he was also 100% man. And he gave us an example of how we ought to pray, how we ought to communicate with God. And I would venture out to say that if he didn't communicate with the Father at the level he did, he wouldn't have had the level of success that he had. It was based in prayer, which means we ought to do it too. If Jesus did it, how many know we're not greater than Jesus? So we need to pray. We need to talk to God. Another reason why we need to stay inspired to pray, we must is to overcome temptation. The Bible says in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, verse 41, it says, watch and pray. See, a lot of us do a lot of watching. <laughs> uh, good God. A lot of us do a lot of watching, but how many of us do equally amount of praying? He says, watch and pray. Watch this. That you enter not into temptation. Indeed, your spirit is willing. How many of you find a lot of times your spirit is willing, but your flesh ain't there yet? <laughs> a lot of times, right? Man, my, in my spirit, man, I want to do what's right. I want to obey God. But my flesh, man, is weak. And But here's the thing. The way you combat the flesh, the way you beat the flesh down is you pray. So if you're struggling with sin, if you're struggling with an issue, if you're struggling if you're with, with temptation, whatever it might be, then, then pray. Watch and pray. That you enter not into temptation. I believe in this time, in this generation, man, the temptations are incredible. It's amazing what Satan has, is using now to tempt the people of God and to tempt the world away from God. 
with technology advancing. I love technology more than anybody else. We utilize it here in the church. But let me tell you, Satan is, is using that thing in a way that will cause people to trip and to fall and to stumble into sin. And so we got to be smart. So we're going to overcome temptation, the, the various temptations that we're confronted with today, which I believe is stronger than ever. Then we got to pray. Pray is another reason why we uh, need to pray and another way that we overcome um, some of the issues that we're confronted with today. So another reason that we need to, uh, to stay faithful and to stay inspired is that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. James 5, 16 says, confess your trespasses one to another. <laughs> confess one to another and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed because the effective, hot, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How many believe that prayer avails much? This is what the Bible says. See, through prayer, we can change the whole course and the direction of a nation. Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning through prayer. I mean, there's a lot of people that's, you know, I was I was listening and like everybody else, we have this situation with the Supreme Court justice that just got um, sworn in yesterday. And, uh, you know, and, and depending on which side of the aisle you're on, uh, which Christians shouldn't be on anybody's side, but the Lord's side. Amen. But uh, depending on what perspective you have, uh, you know, people have some very, very, very strong feelings about it. But. It's easy to talk and to criticize and to do all those things. But have you ever thought that, you know, how much of, a, how much of us really prayed about this situation? I mean, there's a lot of talk and a lot of uh, people got strong feelings that people who are upset and mad. And, but how many of us really got down and prayed? Because how many know that if, if you really believe something is right or wrong, how many know that God says that the prayers of the righteous availeth much? So if I know the Bible said the prayers of the righteous avail as much, I need to do it. I need to do it. The Bible said if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. He didn't say if the government who are called by my name, if the Republican, if the Democrat is called, follow me. He said if my people, see God is looking at us, the church. He said if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray. Seek my face and turn from their evil ways. God says, I will heal their land. How many know that God want to heal our land? He want, to, he want to forgive us of our sins. He wants to heal our land. I believe that this is applicable to us today. Because the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Instead of trying to fight your way through, instead of trying to try to fight the world system through your own efforts, then do it. Let's do it through prayer. Another reason why we need to stay inspired to pray is because the prayers of the righteous, it means something. It goes a long way. Another way, reason why we need to stay inspired to pray is that Jesus says if we ask anything in his name, he hears us. John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Glory to God. John, 1 John 1, uh, 5, 15, and we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. God promises that he hears. Another reason to stay inspired to pray is God hears every prayer. No matter what the enemy tries to tell you, God hears every prayer. And Jesus said, if you ask in my name, wow, there's no other, 
Nothing else that we can turn to. No one else we can turn to that can help us in this way. He says, if you ask me in my name, he says, I'll do it. If you ask anything. Now, obviously, when Jesus say that, he is speaking about the context of his will. Because we said before, the prayer is about relationship. And the better, the deeper our relationship is with God, the more we're going to understand his will. We're going to understand what it is that God wants to do. This is important. And that's the next point. Another reason why we want to stay inspired to pray is because it helps us to get the mind of God. What is God saying in this time? You know, people want to figure out what's the next move. You know, who do I marry? Who do I hang out with? Uh, where do I go to school? Uh, you, know, uh, you know, where do I work at? Uh, you know, where do I live? And, you know, one of the things that prayer does, it helps us to find out what is the mind of God, what it is that God wants. Because how many know that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God? In other words, God is leading and guiding us. So if you got some problems or some issues and you don't know which way to go or you're needing God to move and you're trying to understand, God, what am I to do right now? Because I don't understand it. How many know that prayer will help us with that? Because we'll get the mind of God. And, 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 and let me tell you right now, you cannot get the mind of God without some consistent prayer life. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? You got to do it. You got to do it. It cannot be an option. We need the mind of God. We need to understand the mind of God if we're really going to be able to fulfill what it is that he wants to do in the earth. And I'm amazed how, how people have the mind of everything else, <laughs> you know, but don't have the mind of God. And somehow we think that as Christians, the, the mind is just going to come to us. No. How many know we got to seek him for it? We got to seek his heart. We got to seek his mind. You know, Jesus will help us to get it right because our flesh is in, a, is in opposition against the spirit of God that is working in us. So we need to get the mind of God. We need to understand what it is that he's doing. How many believe that the mind of God will keep you from getting in trouble? Uh, understanding the mind of God will keep you from making stupid decisions. Uh, understanding the mind of God will save you time and money <laughs> and it might save your life. Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning, church. Most of all, we need to stay inspired to pray because most of, if, if not all of the great moves that God did in the earth, he did through his people through prayer. Think about it. As you can scale the Bible, man, most of it, if not all of the moves that God did, he did it through the saints that were, that, that were praying and believing him. It's amazing but you really think about it. God chooses to work through us through faith. He always wanted. He always fashioned for himself. He always raised up a person, somebody who would believe him to do his greatest works. Somebody who would trust him. Somebody who he's always raising up a Joshua, a David, a Moses, a Paul, a Peter. He's always raising them up. Why? Because God chooses to work through people in order to accomplish his will in the earth. He raised up the apostles in order to, to further the gospel message. And so, so we got to understand that. So God does what he does through prayer. A reason why we need to stay inspired to pray. Now let me talk, um, let me switch a little bit. I'm going to talk about this thing of devotion. On Acts chapter 2, verse 42, I want you to go ahead and turn there. Um, and I'm going to actually read this particular verse in the New Living Translation because I think it's really, really uh, it really drives home the point. Now, we read a lot about Acts chapter 2, and, and in the book of Acts, we really talk about the acts of the early church and all the things that they did in establishing the church, all the things that the apostles and everybody went through. Um, but I want to read specifically Acts chapter 2, verse number 42. And the Bible says, and it says here in this particular passage, and the believers devoted, everybody say devoted, 
devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and here it is, to prayer. See, they were devoted to prayer. I want to key in on that word. They were devoted, or in the King James Version, they continued. In other words, they were steadfast in it. Devoted means to be dedicated, to be zealous for it, affectionate, affectionate toward it, to be very loyal. See, see how many know devotion is stronger than your feelings? How many of you are devoted to your work? <laughs> right? Everybody, we're devoted to our work because we'll get up in the morning and we'll go to a job, right? And we'll spend hours in traffic. If you live in Northern Virginia, you spend hours in the traffic, uh, sometimes three to four hours, you know, uh, a day, depending on what it is that's going on. You spend all this time, you know, and we'll go through all this stuff, right? Uh, because we're devoted. And when we are devoted to something, the devotion overrides our feelings. See, devotion is stronger than feeling. See, this is what I say about marriage all the time. I didn't know marriage is about devotion. <laughs> and, and it's stronger than your feelings. We're committed. I'm devoted to you. Meaning that I'm going to override my fleshly appetites and I'm going to do this because I know it's right and I know it will benefit me. I, you know, you hear me talk about this all the time. I work out. I'm devoted to running on that treadmill at least three to four times a week. I'm devoted. See, that's why people don't like to make commitments. You ever notice why people don't like? Because people don't want to be devoted to something. <laughs> because devotion is stronger than your feelings. When you say, man, I'm devoted, you're saying, man, come hell or high water, I'm going to be there. You can count on me. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I'm devoted to it. How many know that we got to be devoted to prayer? You got to be devoted. We got to say, no, come hell or high water, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what's happening in my life, I am going to be a person of prayer. You got to be devoted. And if you're waiting to feel good about it, if you're waiting to feel like prayer, then you're never going to really be an effective prayer person because your feelings are never going to be where they need to be as it relates to prayer. Are you hearing me? If we understand how important it is, then we understand, you know what? I got to be, they were, the disciples, they were devoted to it. Say, we're devoted to this thing. And we got to be devoted to it just like they were. They knew that they could not make a spiritual impact without prayer. And we ought to know that we cannot do anything significant without prayer. We got to be devoted. We got to be committed to it until Jesus comes back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because all it is is it's, it's communicating, it's talking with God, and we got to stay at it. Which brings me to our text as we are winding this thing down in Luke chapter number 18. I'm not going to read the whole passage as I read it uh, at the beginning of the sermon, but Jesus is giving this parable. It's amazing that as we look at this parable, the whole premise for this particular parable is found in uh, Luke chapter 18, verse number one. And he said, he spoke the parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. So think about it. So he gives this parable about an unjust judge and a woman who said to this unjust judge, avenge me of my enemies. She was right. She was just. She wanted justice. Her enemies was mistreating her. So she went to the unjust judge and said, avenge me. And the unjust judge was unwilling at first, but then this woman just wouldn't quit. <laughs> she wouldn't quit. And as a consequence of her not quitting, the, uh, the unjust judge said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give you what you want. I'm going to give it to you. 
So here Jesus now, he begins this particular passage on the premise that men ought always pray and not quit. Because the idea is, and here's what Jesus was really saying. Jesus was implying that at, he was implying that at the minimum, that answers to prayer may take a while. Sometimes it takes days, weeks, months. Sometimes it takes years. He implies that prayer is not going to be easy. That's why he says we ought to do it and not faint. It's kind of the idea of, of running. You know, sometimes you don't, if you don't like to, if you know anything about running, there come a period of time where you hit these walls <laughs> and you feel like quitting. I think spiritually, all of us, when it comes to prayer, man, we hit these walls, man, and we just said, you know what? It's not working. I'm going to quit. That's what happened to a lot of us, man. And, and this is what I talked about earlier, this hot and prayer. This, we pray when, it's, you know, when things are right or you know, we're kind of inconsistent when things are not going so well. But, but, the, but the reality of it is, is Jesus is implying here that, that the prayer is not going to be easy. But he says that no matter what, I want you to stay at it. Stay consistent. Stay focused. Keep doing it. Don't stop. He implies that you're going to feel like giving up. Many of us, man, we pray and we've prayed for a while. Maybe we pray for a little while. I've been praying for something for several years. How many of you have something in life that you've been praying for several years now, like a number of years? And the temptation for you is, here's the temptation for you to do. And this is exactly what Satan wants you to do. The temptation for you is, I'm going to start praying about that. You know, um, because God obviously ain't hearing me or because or obviously God ain't necessarily wanting to do that. Can I say something to you? The spirit of this particular verse says that God welcomes our continuing coming to him. He welcomes us being determined in our prayer, because how many know that God's time frame is not our own? And that's the problem in it. God lives and works outside of time. And, uh, and we don't quite understand that. But so Jesus now, he indicates to this one, because he's trying to teach us something. This woman kept coming. In other words, she was determined. You know what? I am not kind of like what, uh, who was it, was, um, who was wrestling with, uh, was, it, was, it, was it Jacob? Jacob was wrestling, uh, you know, with God. And, and Jacob said, I ain't going to let you go until you bless me. You know, and, and, and how many know that many of us, we need to have that same attitude. Lord, no matter what, I'm not going to stop God until you move. Follow me? That God, I'm not going to quit. That God, and God wants us to bring particularly those things that we know that are within the confines of the will of God, man. And we're believing God for something, whether it's healing or whatever it is. I, my thing of it is, is keep praying. I mean, I've seen people, man, I'm telling you, I've seen people at the point of, uh, of death and they're sick. And you know what? I just, I, I never stop. <laughs> I just keep believing God. How many know that, that, that because of God, that at any moment God can change the situation on a dime? That's why, that's why you need to keep praying. Amen. Well, I've been praying. Well, 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 keep doing it. Keep believing. Keep trusting. That's, this, this is the whole idea behind the parable. Jesus gives the parable because he's saying that men are always to pray and don't you ever give up. This woman came to Jesus. Watch this. She come to the unjust judge with the same issue. What was her prayer? Avenge my enemies. <laughs> she felt like she was being unjustly treated. And she knew she was right, and she knew she was right to come. And she says, look, avenge my enemies. And you would think 
that Jesus would seem to indicate, you know, after maybe a couple of weeks, maybe after a month, you need to quit. But the unjust judge said, "Why?" The unjust judge said, he wasn't, initially he wasn't going to do it. Initially he wasn't going to do it. And the, 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 unjust, the unjust judge said this, because the woman won't stop, <laughs> because she won't leave me alone, you know what? I'm going to give her exactly what she wants. Now, now let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me say this to you. Now, this may kind of mess up your theology a little bit, but I want you to track with me, okay? Because I believe this to be true. I know it to be true with it. Everything is in my heart. There are some situations that God has ordained that won't change unless we pray and keep praying for it. Oh, let me, let me put it this way. Within the fabric of our faith and within the context of God's divine will in the earth, within the context of Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, God has designed or ordained that certain things won't happen until we pray. Uh, you remember Hezekiah? You remember Hezekiah when God says, set your house in order, son, you're about to die. <laughs> you remember that? Hezekiah, set your house in order. I, you know, Hezekiah could have very easily said, like many of us, that's the will of God. He wants me to die. He told me to set my house in order. I'm now. <laughs> right? No. Look, but Hezekiah got on his knees and Hezekiah prayed. Went to God, Lord Jesus, you know how I walk with you. I've honored you. I've done right by you. And, and, and God, in the Bible said, God sends a prophet to Hezekiah and says, you see how Hezekiah, he, he bows down. He calls upon my name and he, he prays. He seeks my face. Tell him I'm going to add to him 15 more years. God wasn't intending to give him 15 more years. Well, it's not. But because Hezekiah prayed, he turned it. Oh, you remember God got so mad at the children of Israel. He says, Moses, these people have corrupted themselves. I'm about to wipe them out. And Moses went into intercession. God, hold up. Wait a minute. You remember what you said. You made a promise, God, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, God. And the Bible said that God changed his mind. Amen. And you know what? And all of that was still within the confines of the will of God. So what it says to me is that God has ordained some things. They won't happen. They won't move. That's why I say church people of God, you ought to stop tolerating certain things. Okay. No. All right. No, no y'all want to hear. We tolerate. Okay. It's, it's going to be this way. It's going to stay this way. Who say it is? Who said it has to stay that way? Keep praying. Keep the thing before God. Believe your God. Stop tolerating sickness. Stop tolerating disease. Stop tolerating defeat. And and, and believe your God. That's what he said. And, and because, and you see here, the whole point, Jesus said, he, he's teaching us that, that this, what this woman did was a good thing. Her keep coming back to God about it was a good thing. How many know it's a good thing you keep bringing the thing before God? You keep believing God. God ain't ever going to get mad at you for believing him for healing. Trust me. He ain't ever going to get angry with you for trusting and believing him and, and standing in faith. Jesus says if this wicked judge can do the right thing with this woman, how much more will your heavenly father do for those who love him and call out to him on a regular basis? See, he's a call out to him day and night. That means, watch this, that speaks of continuous. He knows that some of us have been praying about some things for a long time. And, and how many know, by the way, delay, delay don't mean deny. Just mean that God's got a timetable and you just got to be patient with it. 
That's why he said, that's why Jesus had to start the whole parable off. He said, I want to give you this parable because I want you to understand. I want you to pray. Now I want you to never give up. I want you to keep believing me. But, but you know, what, what, what bothers me about this text, he says, he says in verse number, uh, I believe it's verse number eight. He said, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Wow. <laughs> he says, watch. He says, here's the issue. He says, when I come back, when, when, when I'm ready to, 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 to end this whole thing and to usher in my church and my people, am I going to find people that believe me? Or I'm going to find people half, just half-stepping it. God is looking for somebody that will dare believe him, who got crazy faith. Because without faith, it's what? Impossible to please him. Now, he says there that will he not avenge them speedily? Now, you got to watch it. You got to be careful because speedily really means within God's time frame. How many know that Jesus came in the fullness of time? Jesus came when he was supposed to come. He came when 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 the time was right. I, I believe that God is everything about God is God. God is the God of timing. I want you to understand that. So God, God, see, God does things at a particular time, at a particular season, right? And so we got to understand it. So Jesus came in the fullness of time. It, it was quick in God's eyes. It was, he came when he was supposed to come. Amen. God is doing some things and God is going to move and he's going to do it when, he's, when it's supposed to happen. Our job is to maintain our faith while we're progressing through. Our responsibility is, is to stay in faith. That's why he says, when I come back, am I going to have a people that's been believing me in prayer? And that's what he's really saying. He said, I want you to be praying in faith. How many know that you can be a Christian and have no faith? Not walking in faith. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just not believing God. Just existing. Just tolerating. Just, you know, sometimes the church, we act like we have no power to change anything. We walk around, man, acting like, oh, God, we, you know, everything the way it is. And we are frustrated just like everybody else when we have divine power on the inside that we can tap into through prayer. And the reason why we don't pray as much as we should is because we are not in faith. We don't believe it. I do believe. No, we don't. You say you believe. But the reason why we don't pray sometimes, a lot of times, the way we should is, you know, we just don't believe. And we don't keep that thing before God because we don't believe, really believe that things are going to change. We don't really believe that God here. And so, therefore, we rather live a Christian life that is powerless. We, 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 what do you call it? The scripture calls it um, a, a form of godliness, but we deny the power. See, many of God's people, we have a form of godliness. But we live our life denying the power of God. We don't even let the power of God come in. Here's the problem. God is not going to force us way in. Either we're going to believe. See, if God's going to move, it's going to be activated through faith in our prayers and, and faith in him. So we got to do that. We got to do it. We got to believe. Now, we got consecration week this week, and we'll talk about that next week. I'm sorry, this month. And we're going to be just believing God. But, you know, consecration week is not about uh, trying to establish a week of prayer, and that's it. It's really to establish a pattern of constantly talking to God and staying in communication with him. We must remain inspired to pray. We cannot, it cannot be an option. 
It cannot be something that we just kind of haphazardly go through. We got we to gotta stay at it because Jesus tells us to stay at it. He says don't quit. He says to pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. All that simply means is that there's a deep abiding dependence on him. Prayer should be like breathing for us. We're constantly breathing our prayers every day. You'll be breathing our prayers when you're setting up for church. You'll be breathing our prayers when you get in your car. You'll be breathing our prayers when you're going to the supermarket. You'll just be breathing our prayers when you're talking to people. You ever find yourself talking to somebody, man, and while you're talking to them, you listen to their story or whatever it is they're going through, and you're just praying for them. They don't even know it. Yeah, a lot of time I'm sitting talking to people, man, and I'm listening to them talk, and I'm saying, Lord, and sometimes I'm talking to folks, and I just, they don't even have a clue. And I'm, in my spirit, I'm saying, Lord, give me a word. Lord, give me something for this person. They just told me, Lord, they're going through something horrific. God, give me a word for them. I'm praying right then and there. That's what God wants us to do. God wants us to invite them in. Just let them in. Like in every aspect of your life, just keep an open, that's an open dialogue of communication that, that's, that's, all, that's reciprocal all day long. That's what praying without ceasing really means, that we are always in the spirit of prayer because God hears our prayers and God wants to move. And we got to stay inspired. If we, I think if we understand this, what I share with you today, you know, the reasons why we got to stay inspired to pray. And I, I gave you some of them. I, I gave you the reason we got to stay inspired to pray is because um, we're commanded to do it. Jesus did it often. We overcome temptation. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. God hears our prayers and it helps us to get the mind of God. If we can, if we can, that should be enough right there to help us to understand that we need to stay inspired to pray. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead, uh, bow your head, and let's uh, pray to God. Father.